It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time, we watching Jay do the Zaza. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jay King, from MassLive.com. We're back for another episode of the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm here with Sam Jam Packard, the great. We've got some big things in store today, huge things in store Marcus Smart spoke publicly about his thumb surgery for the first time. We've got a little talk about the rotation. Some of the players that have been getting minutes with all the injuries. Abdul Nader, Shemi Ojale, Greg Monroe, who's getting a little bit more of a role lately. And then we're going to round it off with some talk from Adam Silver about a possible mid-season tournament, possible extra tournament. I don't know if it'd be mid-season, post-season, whatever, an extra tournament to add to the NBA schedule. Kind of pretty exciting stuff there. Um, so let's let's start, Sam, with Marcus. Big news. From the big news from Marcus Smart today. Big news from Marcus Smart. He was at his charity bowling event. Shout out to Young Game Changer and his uh, charity for um, I'm not sure exactly what they do, but it's probably the positive. Game. They changed the game. They definitely changed the game. But what did Marcus? Were you there today? Did you hear what Marcus Smart said about his uh, surgically repaired tendon? I was not there. I uh, this is a sore subject. I did not get the invitation email. Ooh, yeah. Who do we need to talk to in the organization to uh, correct this wrong? I've already tried to correct the wrong. I've already, I've already, I've already bruised some souls. I've I've gone out there and bruised. Oh well, there's no need for soul bruising. Dave Hoffman, <laughs> a graduate of uh, Beaver Country Day School, my high school, uh, I'm sure runs a fine program in the Celtics Community Service uh, Wing. So I would back off. Yeah, I. I uh, but anyway, yes, I, I did see the <laughs> see the comments that Marcus Smart posted. He he basically said he uh, he decided to get the surgery quickly once the doctor told him that there was a chance that he could play again in the playoffs. Um, and basically the quicker he got the surgery, and it se- seems like the surgery was absolutely necessary. It was fully torn ligament, he said, and he had no choice. So it was the quicker, the better, get it out of the way, get, get the six to eight weeks done and try to come back for maybe the second round, maybe later than that, maybe a tiny bit earlier than that. If he's like on the super fast side of, of recovery, 
obviously it's a big deal that Marcus Smart returns to the Celtics. Obviously, his absence is felt. Um, it was interesting to hear him say that the doctor told him he might be able to come back sooner than he thinks. So maybe maybe Smart kind of early in the playoffs? Somewhat sooner early than Marcus thinks? Sooner than the doctor thinks? That's such an unclear timeline. But it was just like Marcus being positive about the situation. And so... I was like, yep, he's coming back. Uh, definitely going to be there for the start of a second round series. That's how I interpreted that. It was like, absolutely. The doctor said he's going to do it. Uh, I guess it's good news that they got it done as quickly as possible. But really, with something like this, we have no idea. I just, ha- I guess I have faith in Marcus Smart's ability to heal real quickly just because he's a freak. Uh, he's insane. And I feel like he could just will it into existence if he just tries to heal he's faster than most people. Yeah. Isn't that a song? <laughs> it- uh, I think you sang Creep uh, by TLC. Oh, yeah, 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 TLC. And I Creep. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that you interpreted it to Marcus Smart's freak healing. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, obviously, the, the, the correlation to Chris Paul is obvious. Chris Paul last season had a similar surgery, but his was to the left hand. I, I wonder if that has makes any difference. I don't know if it does. I don't know. Uh, but he he came back in a little less than six weeks. So if Smart comes back in a little less than six weeks, he could be back by like if they play a long first round series, he could be back by like super late in that series. He could be back by the beginning of the second round. Obviously, the the eight weeks thing would be closer to the Eastern Conference Finals. So a lot rides on his recovery and his rehab and how quickly things go for him. I the Celtics need him, man. <laughs> Celtics need him to come back. But it's interesting, like, he he got the information, and he wanted to wait, and he wanted to play, and he wanted to keep playing through pain because he's a psycho like that. Um, <laughs> but but he just couldn't. There, there was no way, and so it was best to just get the surgery out of the way and hope the Celtics can continue their season, extend their season long enough for him to come back. You know who else the Celtics need back is um, Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown because... I'm sick of watching this current rotation in the subpar basketball. Uh, we have to talk about the rotations and what, because basically the season's over, right? Like it's not, the regular season has very little meaning at this point. So of course they should be resting Kyrie and taking all precautions with Jalen Brown. They've already been announced that they're out against the Thunder. What are we, like, sh- as Celtics fans, what should we be looking for in these remaining games when we're seeing a lot of Shemi and Ab- Abnader? NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I think the th- one thing that, that seems pretty obvious watching Nader and Ojale play, they don't seem fully confident. And, like, Abdul Nader missed four straight free throws. <laughs> no, he did. Nobody he did. does that. Like, it's never happened before, maybe in NBA history. I, I, I'd be surprised if it's happened more than, like, five or six times in NBA history. Like, that's almost impossible. Um, but when they, when they play, they just don't seem fully confident. And like Shemi Ojale was a really good college three point shooter. He shot like forty three percent in college, and he's shooting twenty nine point eight percent right now. He doesn't even want to shoot threes when he's wide open. There are a couple. Oh no, times. he passes up a bunch of shots. He passes up a bunch of shots. Like he hesitates. Nader does not. Nader Nader shoots with confidence. I got to give Nader that. But and he drives confidence too. He's just not very good at it. Yeah. So I, I think once once Gordon Hayward went down, like the Celtics had enough depth with. Rozier and Smart and everybody healthy, but Wings was that was going to be the thing where they were really deep, right? And then Hayward went down, and Ojale and Nader they never really proved themselves as viable rotation pieces. So, so those guys have opportunities now to to step forward and and prove themselves that that they can be solid guys. They don't need to be great. Like if if they can just play a little bit of defense and not screw up too much and hit outside three-pointers. That's that's all the Celtics would need from those guys. But against the Pelicans, it was like time after time, those guys, and and it was the whole team thing. It was a bad effort from the Celtics overall. But the, the defensive miscommunications and the rookie mistakes and like there was one play where Jason Tatum, you could see him pointing to Nader like, switching we're switching we're switching and nader didn't switch and they ended up leaving shake Diallo wide open for a dunk at the rim and it's like you cannot have those plays when the celtics like in a playoff atmosphere if if marcus smart's still out and the celtics for whatever reason still need perimeter time from from one of those guys at least you can't have that and I, i think brad stevens right now he's probably looking at cutting down the rotation right for the playoffs, like just off the bench, would you have just Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, and Greg Monroe? Like, would that be it for you, or would you have anybody else in the rotation? I don't think so at this point. I, you really want to shorten it down to those four. I mean, if Tice was back, Tice would be in there. Yeah. But I think the remaining games, there's an opportunity for Nader to like kind of prove his defensive awareness and whether or not he'll be defensive liability. And it's for Shemi to prove that he has, like, he's not he can be a viable person who can shoot the three or just not be someone who teams completely play off on offense. And it's like, because I think Shemi's a much better defender right now. Nader it was a much better scorer, can shoot, do a little bit more. And the question is, are they 
decent enough in the other thing where you would like even think about putting them on the court. And so hopefully Shemi's developed some confidence and Nader some defensive awareness because those are the two areas I see them like needing to improve on the most. Yeah, and and it, it's it's one of those things where like they've had the whole season and they haven't really proven themselves and with which with Ojale it's just like if he's continues shooting 29% and he continues shooting 31% from the field, teams are just going to leave him in the playoffs and like it's bad enough when you have a guy like that in the regular season. But in the playoffs, teams just hone in on your weaknesses, and they just fucking chop on them, and and they they just ruin you for for weaknesses like that. And it would be like playing four or five. And so, Ojale needs to prove he can knock down a shot. Nader needs to prove his his defense can he doesn't get lost all the time defensively. Like those guys have a lot to prove right now, and they're going to get opportunities as as long as Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving are out. Those guys are going to get opportunities and. Maybe even once those guys get back, those guys will get opportunities because the Celtics are basically stuck in the number two seed forever, and and it would be it would be important for them to to have one of those guys step up. But I also think right now the 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 more likely scenario is that Brad just cuts down the playoff rotation and kind of goes to a, a smaller rotation once the postseason arrives. I think Ojale is more likely to be in the postseason rotation because he has proved his de- defensive utility. He's strong and he can move his feet and he can do all those things. Uh, but again, like offense is, is a problem for him right now. So it would have been nice for the Celtics if one of those two guys had stepped up this year and kind of earned some playing time and, and earned their way into the rotation, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah, and I think that's what reiterates why Marcus Smart is so important because when he's not in there, there's just another uh, – one of those guys is going to get some playing time just on the perimeter, on the wing. So it's all kind of tied together. It's there like with him out. And I think they would see some time in a first-round uh, playoff series. Just And if when he returns, they're just – you're right, Brad will probably shorten the rotation and you would ideally not see them in any games. But um, – it's just interesting to see how they how they develop later in the season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. that. That's that's all we got. So another interesting development from the NBA could be a potential extra tournament. So, you know, the hockey Boston hockey has the bean pot and soccer has a million like small tournaments that people can win and it's a big deal and FIBA basketball, same thing. Like you can win the Euro Cup, and you can win the Euro League, and you can win like different. I don't even know if those are the same thing. I, they could be the same thing, but there are different different championships to win over in Europe. The NBA doesn't have that. They might. Our guy David Locke, in a in a recent interview with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, spoke to him about the possibility of of adding a tournament like that to spice things up. Let's listen to that segment of the interview, which will be aired Thursday on the Locked On NBA podcast. Everybody should subscribe to that right now. Here's Adam Silver. I went back today and actually listened to an old interview, and I did, and one of the things you said was, I would like to have more than one trophy. I'd like to, so what is your vision on cups, and when do you think it can ever happen? And, you know, I'm, you've done your research. I mean, it, it, again, um, 
I, I continue to covet, you know, uh, uh, other leagues, especially when I look at international soccer, where there's more things to play for than just one championship trophy. So it, back in the league office, we've looked at midseason tournaments. We've looked at playoff um, playing tournaments. Um, I, I would just say we're still studying it. You know, I, I'm, I'm balancing it against tradition. And I, you, I think there, were, there was a there was a period there where people thought the All-Star game had outlived its usefulness, but then it bounced right back this year. And I think that came with a tweak of sorts where, you know, we, we changed the format, had captains, um, created a little different incentive for the players uh, um, to, to go to, to, to be more competitive on the floor, and, and I thought it really worked. So we're, we're, we're sticking with All-Star f- um, now. I, I think in terms of other tournaments, um, it's, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're going to study things. We're going to look at other – we're especially looking at other things around how teams move into the playoffs. Maybe that's also a way to deal with the, the rebuilding issue that's become so prominent in the league now, but if, not, nothing to announce yet. All right, so that's an interesting thing. I- I struggle to 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 think whether America would would appreciate that. Like all of the, you'd have to make the teams and the players care for about it, which is kind of the the difficult thing. It'd be a really cool idea, but how do you motivate the players enough to care? Because if the players that care about it are like playing hard basketball, then I can imagine the fans will buy in quite quickly. But like, I don't understand how you convince players to participate in that without like paying them giant sums. But but think of all the all the tournaments that you care about, right? Like I care about the NCAA tournament. I know a lot of people care about the bean pot. Um like conference tournaments, people care about that. It's all things that have been established for a long time. When in in American sports has somebody just added a tournament and and been like here's this mid-season tournament. Uh the World Baseball Classic and does anyone give a shit? Maybe a- no, <laughs> so, <laughs> not at all. So it's like, and 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 the World Baseball Classic is different teams. Like it's that's adding the United States and taking different countries and having a tournament with all different teams. This is just NBA basketball teams competing against each other. It would be so. I I don't know. I don't know if America is like ready for that. And I I do think there are ways you could spice it up. Like a play-in tournament, if you had, I think it would have to be a play-in tournament to like get the tank, like to try to address tanking to, uh, like incentivize teams to actually play winning basketball because there's like a lot of terrible teams running out some terrible lineups right now, and so that's like the only way I can see it trying to be as like a, a like a solution to that, like Adam Silver said, and kind of making it so maybe like the seeds seven and eight are just up for grabs for everyone uh, in the conference. Yeah, but even then, like, are you going to tune in to watch, like, teams battling for the seventh and eighth seed, like the Miami Heat versus the if it's single Detroit elimination, like, like March Madness, if it was like single elimination, one game like that, then yeah, that'd be fucking cool. Okay, well, I, I, I just. I think it has to be like March Madness. As someone who just spent my entire weekend watching random basketball, crappy, just like terrible basketball with like 35 second shot clock which i still don't understand college basketball it's, is a much worse product it's but 30 I just watched, bro it's 30 I, I just want oh it's 30 still it's too long <laughs> it takes them forever to get into their sets but i just watched 
50 like college basketball games, single elimination. It's fun. I think they like with NBA players playing their asses off. I think it'd be uh, a real good time. Yeah. I just don't know if the players would care to like, or like how much motivation a team would be like, okay, so you just won that tournament. Now you get to like lose to in four games to the Rockets. Yeah, like you get to push off your vacation time so that you can get blasted by the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> but I mean, the the owners would like it because they would automatically get two like home playoff games. But mm-hmm. I don't see why the play. Like, yeah, I don't know. It I, I th- like an odd thing. I think it's tricky. Like you have to you have to convince the players to care. You have to convince the fans to care. And I just I just don't know if like the mediocre teams would generate enough buzz would they i mean i guess i guess the single elimination just like to make the playoffs i think it'd be cool yeah. especially if one of those teams ended up winning a series like i don't think that's the potential it just creates like super underdogs Ooh, or that's the potential the super too. underdogs <laughs> yeah like what if the grizzlies won their uh the west this year and then came in and took a game off the rockets you tell me that wouldn't be a crazy like <laughs> that'd be awesome that would be actually hilarious yeah so you you could you could set the stage for super underdogs like all of a sudden hey they make they make a three-game run in the in the season-ending tournament and then they're like all of a sudden they're playing the rockets that'd be cool yeah all right i'm all in i'm sold we just designed it 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 would be cool to see a a team like the lakers yeah be able to get an up-and-coming team to make some noise yeah because the lakers they've been playing really good basketball They've got a lot of talent. Obviously, Lakers have a huge fan base. People would tune in, I think, to watch the Lakers have a chance to to get in the playoffs. So I'm kind of talking myself into this right now. I, I was totally out on the the extra <laughs> tournament, and now now I'm, I'm 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 talking myself into it. I'm 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 on board, man. Adam Silver, make it happen, make, make it, happen. it happen. Let's talk a little NCAA tournament before we get off the podcast because it was it was a great weekend. What, what was your favorite game? Um, favorite game, I don't know, I, I may or not, no, I definitely did use, I was going to be coy about my betting, but then I realized we're sponsored by mybookie.ag, and I used their fine product to uh, bet on these games all weekend, so my favorite was watching, I bet a lot of money on Butler, because I'm a proud member of the Church of Brad Stevens, and Butler lost, but uh, they managed to cover the 10.5 spread, so that <laughs> I had a real great time watching that game. <laughs> Kaizen. What was your favorite game? I mean, UMBC was very cool. There were some cool comebacks that I don't even um, remember right now. It's all kind of a blur. Nevada had a pretty crazy comeback yeah, against that was uh, Cincinnati. I, I fully enjoyed Buffalo just kicking the shit out of Arizona. That was fun. Dude, Arizona was my title pick. I was like, DeAndre Ayton's taking him to the top. Mm, my bracket exactly. was busted within hours. It was terrible. Yeah, that, that's a tough hit. Um, <laughs> that is... That is definitely a tough hit. My favorite was probably I liked the Michigan game because that was it was just kind of Michigan had no chance and then boom three ball and it was just kind of the madness. Loyola Chicago, um, they kind of ripped out some people's hearts. They I don't love the the style of basketball they play. They just they just plod too much. I, I don't love that. The entire uh, college basketball game is um, garbage. Take it back. Well, not. I mean, I just watched it all and I enjoyed it all, but it's just like such a lower quality of basketball where they, it just seems like they can do much less. They Maybe are, it's like they're all worse or at a lower level than the pros. They are not 
at the same level as the NBA players. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. However, it is it is fascinating to watch those guys. And and the one thing about the the NCAA, the quality of play, that I, I hate the NBA snobs like you, who who bash the quality of NCAA play. Like just just enjoy the tournament. There's nothing like the tournament. The tournament is the greatest. Oh, thing. I can I can do both, man. I can do both. <laughs> okay. Um, but the one thing about the quality of play that makes it way better is that there could just be utter collapses. <laughs> there there yeah, are just times when teams just lose their scruples. Virginia. Virginia was literally the number one team in the country, the top overall seed in the tournament, and couldn't beat like a bunch of pimply 12-year-olds, man. Like, <laughs> like UMBC, like their point guard was a little... Yo, you backed off KJ Mara, dude. I was a, He's a little scrappy motherfucker. I liked his game. I liked, he was fun to watch. I, I loved watching them play. They were a lot of fun to watch. Mara was my guy. But he, looked, he drove into the paint with no intention of ever going to the rim, and they just would just like to penetrate for the sake of doing it. It was hilarious. He was the love child of Shane Larkin and Bob Cousy, man. Like just, <laughs> just out there grinding out a W, and then they almost won the second game. That was, that was great times. The NCAA tournament, there's nothing like it. This is a year, I, like I, this is the least I've known NCAA teams in a while. Like I, I paid attention to a lot of the top prospects, but as far as like the Nevadas and the Loyola Chicago's and all those teams that were good but not great. I didn't I didn't care enough to to watch those guys during the season. So this is the least I've ever known and it's it's kind of been just a, a fun ride to to watch this NCAA tournament. I've enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's a great I think you said it was the greatest holiday of the uh known to man uh last week and i'd have to agree i had a great last four days it should be an american holiday everyone should get thursday and friday off uh just to watch all those games i'm with you and i I don't think it'll ever be a holiday if adam silver creates a tournament but we'll see silver silver could potentially make some some great stuff it will be a holiday though if marcus smart returns for the playoffs that will be a boston holiday that will be a massachusetts holiday we'll we'll grant that a holiday anyway we'll, we'll end this podcast there I appreciate you, Sam. I appreciate you, listeners. Anybody who doesn't subscribe to us, search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcast. We are the only Monday through Friday Celtics podcast, the greatest Celtics podcast ever created. And we love you guys. So, so please subscribe to us. That's it for this episode of Locked On Celtics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales, Locked On Celtics, Millie. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.